Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, bold move makers, and those who are ready to step out of their closets and do the things they want to do to live an unapologetic life. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and today we are really going to step out and see what it looks like to live a life without limits. And, you know, honestly, sometimes we wake up in the morning and, you know, life is really sucking. The kids won't get ready for school. You have a flat tire. You walk in, your boss hands you another project, and you just go, God, life sucks and there's no time for me. But then what happens when you flip that around and you start seeing something that truly inspires you? You see someone who's like, wow, they are struggling with some stuff, but yet what they're struggling with, they are kicking ass and moving through life, whether it's a disease, whether it's having a disability, whether it's, okay, I'm struggling with whatever it may be. And sometimes we just got to look around and see what other people are going through. And today's guest, his name is Chris Rudin. He and I have connected through a speaking group that I belong to. And I've actually coached him a few times on his speaking. And I have to say, I just really admire and love this guy. He is awesome. He has done so many amazing things, but we're going to get into that rather than me telling you because I think his story is one that's going to move you and make you realize there are all sorts of fucking closets in life that if you just push through them, you can truly live your life without limits. So enough of me talking. Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. So glad to have you here, buddy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So um, so let's just cut to the chase. You're like a big celebrity. You have some disabilities. <laughs> um, you're, you're, not, you're not even pretty to look at. None of that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. And uh, honestly, I'm excited to be on and just kind of tell my story, but more so yeah. help people find their own story through mine. And I think that's the thing that I noticed when, so as I indicated in the introduction, um, Chris and I belong to a group called Booked and Paid to Speak. I'm actually one of the coaches there. And part of my role as a coach is to work with people who come into the program to help them kind of define where they're going and all that sort of stuff. And as soon as I connected with Chris, I started realizing, hey, man, this guy he's going to kill it. He's going to kill it on stages. He's got great stories on a lot of different fronts. And even as we were talking through that, I realized he was trying to come out of another closet because he could step really easily into a certain lane right now. He has been on the NBC Titans game show, the one with Dwayne Johnson. Um, He's a type one diabetic who speaks to people about that stuff. He's a health and nutrition guy. But you're trying to make some new moves too in your life, man. So I only can imagine and as you're making these new moves, buddy, you're leaning back into what it's been like to be diabetic, what it's been like to have a disability, to help you really move through that. So why don't you kind of start to take us through what it was like when you first started getting thrown these curveballs in life? What was it? Man, I mean, my first curveball in life is, you know, when I was born. So I was born with a congenital birth defect. Yep. You know, I was born permanently attractive and that's just one of the well I was also born with two fingers on my left hand and a shorter left arm so my entire life I grew up 
with a disability, you know, and I was not a super privileged kid. I grew up, you know, having to go to the church for food and my parents struggled day and night to work to provide for me. Wow. Um, in any neighborhood, let alone a uh, less than privileged neighborhood, being someone who stands out, you're going to get made fun of. That's just yeah. going to happen. Now, being someone with a limb difference, you're going to get picked on. I, you know, I went through everything from people making fun of the way I was born to wanting to, you know, not live anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I battled depression about my hand, about my arm yep. for probably 25 years and I'm 28. Wow. So, you know, I used to be in this Christian school where we had about 12 people in the entire sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, 12 people, including wow. myself. Mm-hmm. So that school closed down. And before then, I just knew my, you know, I was who I was and I was fine. I went to a new school and I'll never forget finding this pretty girl named Crystal. And I wanted to ask her out so bad, so bad. And I finally worked up the courage. First ever girlfriend. I was like, oh, this is going to happen. I'm a kid with a disability. I got a bowl haircut. You know, literally, yeah. I was like the next top model. And <laughs> uh, I walked up to her. My friend started laughing. And I was like, guys, why are you laughing? And I turned back around and she's making fun of my hand with a stapler, calling me crab boy and claw boy because I have two fingers on my left hand. Wow. And from that moment on for 17 years, I hid my hand in my pocket and under a glove. And it wasn't until last year that I finally took that glove off. So when we talk about being uncloseted or coming out or Mm -hmm. hiding, whether it's a mask or a glove or whatever you have, I've lived that. And that's just one of the things I've gone through to understand that sometimes we aren't comfortable or accepting of who we are as people and we take the labels that we have and use them to define ourselves. So there's been a lot of learning curves with mm-hmm. growing up with a disability, let alone an autoimmune disease and right. in the whole business world. So I'm curious, what was the shift for you? You said you just, just recently took the glove off. What was finally the thing that said, I'm done. I can no longer hide this. It, it started in stages. I wish I could say it was like one magical moment, but okay. Honestly, so you're supposed to deliver this magical moment thing. Of course, of course. Here's how we do that. this: we we take the pill and suddenly, boom! You know, it's like they yeah, want I that, just... that specific moment. Exactly. Like, what was the quote you read to change exactly. everything? Exactly. You know, what fortune cookie did you eat that just changed your life? Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, there it, there was multiple fortune cookies. You know, yeah, it's not that easy, uh, folks. But there, I love the multiple fortune cookies. Yeah. I, I I get that because. Some of those fortune cookies, they sound all well and good, but really the fortune cookies are sometimes the ones that kick you in the ass and go, okay, and wake up. Sometimes you need that, to be honest. Yes. You know, there there was multiple steps and I'll never forget, you know, this one kid named Patrick used to make fun of me for years uh, based because of my hand. And mm-hmm. I never told my parents because I never wanted them to know I was getting made fun of. To me, that was like right. humiliating. Mm-hmm. So my mom was a nurse, both my parents were nurses. And I always hit it. But one day I just had like way too much. I just lost my mind. And I came home and I'll never forget, like just crying and throwing my backpack across the floor and like looking at myself in the mirror and saying, you're a monster. I really believed that like a hundred percent. I thought I was a monster. Mm-hmm. And my mom asked me, you know, what's wrong? And I just lost it. I was like, mom, I don't want to have this hand anymore. This is disgusting. I'm a monster. Like I fixed this. You're a nurse. You know, right. in my head, I didn't understand why she did that to me. Wow. I remember, I remember a very similar moment for me when I finally, it was probably my junior year in high school when I just started to admit, 
okay, yes, this self, you know, this same sex, same sex attraction thing was happening. I still didn't want to buy into it, but I remember standing in front of a mirror and looking at myself and going, you're a fag. You are a fag. Now it still was (laughs) many years later before I really embraced that, but I remember that moment and it's not, it's not comfortable. It's not at all. That concept though applies to everyone, whether Mm -hmm. you know, you're attracted to the same sex or a different sex, you have a disability or a disease or a business problem or a marital problem. Like it doesn't matter. The concept of struggle and self-deprecating talk and actually accepting yourself. There's one thing to recognize, but there's another thing to accept. Originally I recognized that there was a problem. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom just really like cried and she just said, I'm sorry. And like, I, I realized like, there's nothing I could do mm-hmm. to change the situation. So I had to do something else. Now I look back and now I know I needed to change my perspective, but I didn't know that at the time. So that was sure. kind of step one into fixing things. I started becoming super competitive to the point where, you know, I wanted to, I really wanted to, I wanted to beat everyone, whether you were an old lady walking next to me uh-huh. and we were walking faster, like I'm going to beat you. Like I was so competitive. Wow. And uh, I got, a, I played drums with one hand, you know, I stuck a drumstick through the finger hole of the glove. I did martial mm-hmm. arts. I did dance for six years. I thought I wanted to go in a dance studio. I just constantly found things to be competitive at and I started getting really good. And then I was diagnosed with type one diabetes wow. at 19. So that was, that's an autoimmune disease where I have to take insulin four to 12 times a day, 12 shots and check my blood sugar four to 12 times a day or more. Wow. So it's a minute by minute condition that is all based around food and we eat all day. So that's, that right. can be a problem. Yeah. That is where I decided like, okay, this is a joke. I have a disability. Now I have a disease. This has to be a joke. This, this is ridiculous. You know, this is getting too right. much. So I was like, let's, let's do something with this. I remember my teacher, my biology teacher of all teachers, she said, you teach best what you need to learn most. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what can I do right now? I'm in the hospital. Like I started to get into working out. Maybe I could start helping other people work out. I started, you know, think changing my, changing everything into exercise. I went from law because I wanted to argue with people. That was the only reason I wanted to be a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And then I switched to exercise science. I started being a personal trainer. And I I met a kid that changed my life. That was probably the second radical shift. Uh, This Mm -hmm. kid named David, he was 11 years old with cerebral palsy, couldn't walk, could barely talk. His mom asked me to start working with him because they've tried a bunch of therapists and Mm -hmm. it just just wasn't working. I fell in love with this kid. This kid was incredible. Like we played sports. I did everything with him. So much fun. It's way outside of the box of what you should do. And uh, he came home and he was telling me how some kids were making fun of him, like the way he talks. And I was like, okay, I'll kill him. That's fine. I'll just drop kick him in the throat. Like I'm going to literally kill them. Just show me where they are. Right. And before I could finish that death threat, he was like, but it's okay. They don't pretty much, they don't define me. Mm. And I was like, this kid learned something that I didn't learn until last year. You know? Mm-hmm. So this kid taught me so much. And uh, after about eight months of working with him, he ran on the beach for the first time in his life. And I was like, damn, I know I'm doing something right. Whether it's exercise, whether it's mindset, whether it's just treating someone like a person instead of a disease or a disability or whatever you choose. I was like, I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. So and that was that. This, this, this is so interesting. And, and this has been happening a lot on the podcast lately. But um, the parallels that you and I have are crazy. Because I, when I was in college, (laughs) I was going to go into law and then I'm like, oh, fuck that. No, that isn't what I want to be doing. I I literally just want 
wanted to argue with people. That's yeah. all the fuck I wanted. Like yeah. I literally knew I loved the art of argument. That's it. Yep. Yep. And I was in a, so I went to Christian schools my entire life, even up into my sophomore year of college, private um, Seventh-day Adventist schools. I was in a Seventh-day Adventist college and for all the reasons, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm not going to do this, what am I going to do? And I kind of defaulted into food service and nutrition and, and I loved it. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a foodie. I've always been a good cook, but it was a default position. And then ironically, I ended up getting a degree in nutrition and all That's that nuts. stuff. So it's, it is very much nuts. That's crazy. It's so crazy. And then as you started talking about, you know, you learn most what you, you know, what you need to be taught. I ended up when I finally came out of the closet, it was suddenly being surrounded by a whole bunch of people who are also coming out of closets going, wow, you're doing this. How do you do this? And I thought, this is insane. I cannot believe this is where I've come to, that this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And so our parallels, and we've, it's going to get Chris and I have never, never, we've never talked about this. this. Uh -uh. We've never talked about our stories. Mm, We've talked about business and stuff like that, but we've never heard each other kind of talk about what we went through. So this is crazy. So keep going. But there's so many more parallels coming that you're going to be like, what the hell? The reason I wanted to get on your podcast because of the uncloseted type talk. um, I'm getting to that point because when I finally became uncloseted for my issue, Yep. It was, it was mind blowing and the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. I decided from that exercise thing that I wanted to really pursue the impossible. You know, I wanted to be a bodybuilder or a power lifter. I wanted to lift weights and change my body because I was told that I couldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I have asymmetries. Bodybuilding is all about being symmetrical, building muscle. How can you build muscle with one hand, one arm and diabetes, you know, a condition that requires careful hormone balance. I did it. You know, I I took years and I failed more times than most people would ever try. And I just kept going and I built up, you know, I started with 135 pounds on the bar and I could barely lift that up. And then I went to 225, 315, 405, 495, 585, 605. Then I found myself in front of 20,000 people at the Arnold Sports Festival as the only person with a disability. And I broke the unofficial world record of 655 pound deadlift with one hand. And four state records followed. And I I just found that my drive to compete and show people, especially dealing with similar situations, is it's a decision. It's a hard one. And you have to adapt like hell. It's not perfect. You know, just making the decision isn't enough. You have to be willing to fail and quit and fail and start over and quit again and just keep going. Mm -hmm. If you quit last, you're going to be most likely first because you're the last one standing by default. So I just, I just kept pushing that, kept pushing that. But up until the day I broke that record, I was still hiding my hand. I was open about my diabetes. I wore my insulin pump. You know, I started speaking, but I was still hiding that, that issue, that elephant in the room that I threw the rug over, you know? Yeah. And I decided that if I ever got a prosthetic arm, I would take my glove off. In my head, I knew I was never going to get a prosthetic arm because those are impossible to get insurance coverage for. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I found someone who wanted to help me and I was like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. It took about six months and he got me a prosthetic arm and I was terrified because I knew I told myself I have to show the world. I have to stop hiding my hand. So I was like, no. Uh Okay. I was like, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to make a simple video talking about this. I'm going to take the glove off that I've never taken off in front of my girlfriend, in front of my friends, in front of anyone that knew me at the time. I was like, I'm going to make this video. I'm just going to post it on YouTube. And then, then I'm going to feel comfortable. That's my coming out moment. That's mm-hmm. my uncloseted type moment. And I was like, I figure it won't be bad, you know? Well, 
when that video hits viral on Reddit and then it hits 3.6 million views and then the Washington Post covers it and every other major news outlet covers that story, now that little video that I did not mm -hmm. expect is viral and my entire story is out for the world. So talk about jumping in the deep end. Mm -hmm. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. But I'm curious, what was, what was people, well, how were you hiding this? I mean, I know you had the glove, but how I was just people, wore glove. but what was the, what was the excuse for wearing the glove? What did you tell people? I had such a strong personality that I was a leader. I was, I've always been a leader in anything I've done and mm -hmm. no one had the balls or the ovaries to ask me wow. what was wrong. No one had the courage to be like, and this is not their fault, but mm -hmm. I will say the reality of it is. I was so subconsciously uncomfortable with it. I never showed it, but technically I did mm -hmm. that people were not willing to ask me a question about it. Interesting. You know, it's so interesting because I mean, you and I have got to know each other over the last few months, but when I was back in that time of my life, when I wasn't out, I don't think anybody had the balls or the ovaries, as you said, to say, Hey, are you gay, man? No yeah. one would say that. No one. No, that is such mm -hmm. a scary topic for people. And it right. sucks because you don't, they don't know where you're at mentally. I wish going back, I wish someone would have been like, Hey, I know you're hiding your hand and you probably aren't comfortable with that, right. but I just want you to know, like, that doesn't change. Like, I know that as a fact, but mm -hmm. still, you know, it's, it's hard because if you're not comfortable and someone came up to you like that, you're going to be defensive. Right. But here's the other thing. And this is where I'm always very protective about, you know, I get, I get people all the time because of this podcast going, Oh, I have this friend and I just know I need, you know, I wish I could just tell them it's okay that you're gay. And I'm like, Nope, don't go there because yeah. it's their journey. But what you can yeah, do, exactly. what you can do is go, Hey, I saw this great documentary or, Oh my God, did you see Will and Grace is so cool that they're covering these kind of topics you kind of lean into that. And yeah. I still remember uh, the time that I, I loved my core team because I, I was high up in a software company and we were at a trade show in Atlanta and I will never forget. Well, there's many things I will never forget, but this particular night, I will never forget. Um, we had a break before we had to come home and it just happened to be gay pride in Atlanta. And the crew that I hung out with, quite a few of them were gay. And so we all went out. And we went to gay pride. Here I am, you know, I'm supposed to be Mr. You know, heterosexual married guy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying pride, you know, no big deal. And of course, as the day progresses, we're drinking. And then they decide we must go, we must go to a gay bar. I'm like, okay, I've been with them to gay bars before. And suddenly one of my friends is like, the bartender's really hot for you. I'm like, oh, really? And I didn't think much of it until I realized he was, and I started flirting with him. And they all know that this guy tried to come back to my hotel room, and I was too drunk and passed out to answer the door. Um, but I remember not one of them ever came back and said, we know your secret, because they knew I had to come to this on my own. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing for you. You had to come to this on your own. And even though it would have been nice if somebody would have said something. It, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, right. like <laughs> people, yeah. you, you think about little things. Now, I have had a lot of negative experiences of people in the community, which I won't out them specifically, but sure. they were comfortable with themselves. So they were uncomfortable with me having a big social media following and still hiding my hand. Yep. The yep. problem with that is you're assuming that everyone is on the same level as you. And that is not the case. Not only is that insensitive, but it's ignorant to think, hey, I'm this way. So why aren't you this way? Yep. That's 
that's assuming a universal fix to an individual problem. And that's never the case. So understand, like you said, everyone is in their own stages of where they're getting comfortable, but having a supportive environment, even passively, you know, where people show that they support regardless. After I came out about that video, you know, the hardest thing for me to do was to go to Walmart without my glove on. And I mean, to be honest, Walmart isn't exactly Target, but let's be real, it's still a lot of people. And that was the hardest thing for me to do. Um, I started still trying to hide my hand a little bit subconsciously. I'd put my phone on top of my residual limb Mm -hmm. and my buddy called me out on it. He's like, bro, why are you hiding your hand with your phone? I was like, habit, you know? Habit, yeah. And that was uncomfortable, but I appreciated that at that stage. So Mm -hmm. It doesn't go from, it, I didn't go from hiding my hand to, hey, world, here's my hand in HD. You know, it's, right. it was more so like, okay, I'm slowly comfortable in realizing it wasn't anywhere as bad as I made it in my head. That, that false sense of mm-hmm. like scary reality, I created 17 years worth of a storyline. Yep. And when I finally like showed the world, people were like, yeah, we know, bro. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you know, this was, this speech this speech I'm getting ready to give this weekend one of my favorite lines in the whole talk is I'm talking about the night that everything started to unravel for me and all this sort of stuff and how this was one of the times there was no sex I was there was no intimacy with this guy I was in this hotel room and how we were just we talked all night all this sort of stuff and then suddenly i hear him say something and i laugh i laugh like this really deep joyful laugh and for the first time i really love myself and also for the first time i realized our fears are only as alive as we give them life because 100%. we're the ones who get, give the fears the life nobody else 100%. now other people can contribute to that fear they can like they can like fan the flames of that fear, but we're the ones who have to truly give that fear life. We can tell everybody 100%. else to go fuck off. Yeah. But if we don't tell ourselves to go fuck off about that fear, then we're the ones that are letting that fear truly come to life. And I think that's the beauty of what you just shared is we stand in this and we stand, all of us stand in this every day. And this is why I love this podcast is bringing these different stories because yes, this used to be my whole LGBTQ thing. But this is the beauty of we all have these freaking coming out stories, whether it be because we're gay or we've got a disability or diabetes or whatever it may be. But the fears and all that stuff are the same. The concept of fear and struggle goes across every race, across every nation, across every culture. Everyone faces some sort of struggle and everyone tells their narrative in a way that can either help them or hurt them. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is when you strip away the emotion and the fear from the story, the story was, I have a disability. Mm-hmm. The story was, you like who you like. Anything more than that story is what you decided to add on. Yep. Those exactly. adjectives and those situations and those yep. scenarios, you decided to, to season your story differently. And sometimes it's dangerous. It's very dangerous because I just was working with one of my clients and the thing that they are struggling with the most is, well... <laughs> I I truly want to be myself, but, you know, in this political climate that we're starting to see and with, you know, potential LGBTQ rights on the line, I don't know if I really want to be that out. And I just, I didn't say anything. And they're like, well, aren't you going to tell me what to do? I'm like, no, you get to determine this. Because if I tell you what to go do, then you're doing this because somebody else is influencing you. I'm putting you back in a closet. Now, 
I know how I feel about these things and I feel like I need to go stand as proud and tall as I can to help whatever's going on. But for that person, my client, it's like, you need to decide you want to be in this or you don't. And if you don't, you're going to have your reasons for it. But make sure when you do this, you're doing it based on your values and your reasons that you can stand in it. Not everybody has to be fully out. This is one of the things I preach yeah. all the time. Yeah. Not everybody has to talk about their disabilities. Not everybody has to say, oh my God, I'm type one diabetic. Do what makes you feel good aligned with your values and beliefs, but don't knock me the fuck out because I choose to stand and do the things. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Dude, I love that you said that specifically. I have a family member. I'm not just going to out the person, but right. uh, he, and well, there you go. He's gay. <laughs> um, he's been gay for a while and he is comfortable. Goes to pride, goes to, you know, I've gone to gay bars with them, you know, yep. um, but he doesn't choose to be a super activist. He doesn't choose mm -hmm. to dress a certain way. He doesn't choose yep. to embody things that he doesn't like. And that's okay. Same thing with the gym. Yep. Some people are out at six in the morning on the beach running with no clothes and showing their body. Some people are wearing hoodies. Yep. Some people, some Christians are being pastors and some people read their Bible in their homes. Yep. That does not matter. And it doesn't make you a good or a bad person, a good or a bad gay or a good or a bad right. disabled person. It makes you a person. It makes you a human being and yep. the choice is yours. You know, I will say this though. One of the best and easiest ways to be happy and fulfilled and have a quality of life is to help someone else. Absolutely. So regardless of whether that's on a platform in social media or in a closed room or in that closet with the person helping them, helping another person will help you more than anything else in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is an interesting point to like go back over because it's part of the closet journey. And if somebody's coming out about whatever it is, I'm going to use your disability and you decide you're going to come out and you're going to advocate and you're going to be who you are. Trust me, somebody's going to say, okay, well, hey, Chris, if this is how you're going to do it, let me tell you how to do it and do it this way. It's great to get the advice and it's great to get all the intentions from somebody that's been down the path. But the moment you go, okay, well, this is the way I have to do it. This is the way they tell me I'm supposed to be as someone who has a disability. You're actually stepping back into another closet. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. When I made this video, I had a therapist reach out to me and basically explain to me how I was hiding my hand using a prosthetic and that if I'm doing that, I'm still like pretty much a bad person. You know, mm -hmm. and I was just like, for one, I'm not hiding. And two, why would you condemn me on such a Absolutely. time that I'm like, you know, it's people will cast the stones from their holy mountain when mm -hmm. in reality, they're the ones struggling with whatever issue they're struggling with. And don't, that, that's that secretive advice that, that uh, I don't know how to explain it, but that passive aggressive advice, you know, mm -hmm. it, it comes from a state of like, oh, I want to help. But really, it's not really, you're just trying to be condescending, yep. you know? It, that drives me insane. It drives me and, insane. and it drives me insane too, because I've had so many clients come to me throughout the years that I've worked with them and not just LGBTQ, but predominantly that and then others. But um, who've said, well, yeah, somebody told me, well, that's not quite the way you do gay. I'm like, fuck them. What? That doesn't even make sense. It's that, like, that I'm so glad you shared what you said about your family member because I have had so many people go, well, they don't dress gay or they don't act. Yeah, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What I mean, that okay, mean? I, can, I, can get, I can get really, you know, flamboyant when I want to turn it on, but that's not how I typically show up. 
I just but like that hey, doesn't I, matter, dude. I'm doesn't. flamboyant sometimes. I'm yep. also manly sometimes, and I'm exactly. also girly sometimes, and I'm also fat sometimes, and I'm also skinny sometimes. Like, shut the fuck up if yeah. you think you need to act a certain way to address a fake societal label to appease mm-hmm. anyone who just isn't comfortable with themselves. That is not my responsibility. That's yours to fix that, not mine to abide by it. And I think the big point here that's kind of underlying what Chris and I are saying right now in this moment is you get to choose your beliefs about what you believe you being gay or disabled or type one diabetic or fat or skinny or bald or whatever. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying most of my listeners have heard me say this before. I love my bald head because I, okay, I'm going to be a little egoistic right now because I know I rock my baldness. I, I have like a really great bald head. Other people would be like, oh, I'm so fucking afraid. Well, okay, that's what works for you. You're afraid of being bald. Okay, cool. But yeah. love it and own it and be in that. And, and when you can't own these things, you are just self-imposing prison after prison, closet after closet, and you're opening the doorway. This is the key. You are opening the doorway for people to put you back in a closet. A hundred percent. So how I can picture this is I've faced this every step of the way and I still face it to this day. You know, those elevators that are super awkward and they open on both sides. Yep. Yep. One way the door opens and you're supposed to go where you're supposed to go. The other way the door opens and you go backwards. And that's, that's what I face every single day. I have a Mm -hmm. great example for you. Um, my favorite color I'm wearing it right now is like Hunter green, military green. Mm -hmm. I have muscles, tattoos, uh, a face and a prosthetic arm that screams. I was in the military. Mm -hmm. People see my prosthetic arm. I get saluted on a daily basis. I get, uh, thanked for my service on a daily basis. I get free food. I get all these things. And I always tell people I am not in the military. People assume by the way I look that I was in the military And they're almost mad at me because I'm looking a certain way that they personify a person. And I had someone online. It's always someone online. Notice that, right? It's never Mm -hmm. someone in person. I had someone online said, well, they wouldn't mistake you being in the military if you didn't wear that green shirt. I said, oh, I will quote myself. Oh, excuse the fuck out of me. If I wore a unicorn shirt or a stormtrooper Star Wars shirt, would you think I was a unicorn or Star Wars? Mm -hmm. Would you think that that's who I was? If I wore a Ghostbuster shirt, would you think I was in that movie? The bad thing is you're assuming that the way I dress or don't dress is going to affect people's assumptions. And that doesn't bother me. You know, Mm -hmm. I am who I am. I wear what I wear. I live how I want to live because my quality of life is dictated by my decisions and yep. not your assumptions. I love that. I love that. And this is so much the reason I wanted to have Chris come on besides that we've created a, a cool friendship too. But I think it's important to hear these other perspectives because everybody makes presumptions about everybody. I'm 100%. guilty. Chris we all guilty. do it. It's we all do it. Bias. It happens. It is. It is that subconscious bias that is huge, 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 huge. And if I were going to say, you know, somebody said to me the other day, well, you know, life uncloseted, you know, I think it's great. But, you know, what is the whole point of it? You've got, you know, gay stuff going on. You've got other stuff going on. What's the whole point of it? I said, if I can help somebody step out and live their own life in their own way, then that's what this podcast has done. If it helps them go. I'm just doing this and become that unapologetic person. That's when I know I've hit a home run. 
the problem is you're going to face things like I face all the time. And I'm sure you are. Yep. You're not, you're not gay enough, Rick. Sorry. I know. Your, I know. your podcast is not gay enough. Yep. You, you are having a non gay on here. This, that is wrong. Yep. People tell me all the time. You're not a disabled advocate enough. You're not showing your disability enough. You're not showing your diabetes enough. Mm -hmm. there, there's these things that I'm supposed to live up to. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't get the email with all these checklists. You know, mm -hmm. if you could, Please yeah, send I, that back. Can you to send me. that memo back to me so I can make sure I know what the check boxes are? You know, I, well, not to know what the check boxes are, to, but I just want to know who to address my big fuck you. To, exactly. You know? Exactly. Because honestly, like at, at the end of the day, what you're doing with this podcast is helping people live better quality of life. I don't care what kind of people. I care that more people live a better quality of life and they get out of that prison that they're in mm -hmm. in their own heads and realize that the power they have is much greater in their mind than it is other people's labels or decisions about them. So for you to give people an opportunity to do that, everyone deserves that opportunity, not just one culture, not just one type of people. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. So I'm going to, before we wrap up here, I want to twist the tables just slightly to kind of prove everything that you and I've been saying. So how much do you feel like right now you are struggling in a closet as a burgeoning speaker? So I definitely feel like I have created a closet with 40 doors mm -hmm. and I just don't know which one to go out of. So the paralysis by analysis has kicked in. So yep. I'm circling in that closet. Um, yep. My issue is pulling the trigger a hundred percent on a decision. Yep. And that's, that's been my biggest issue. So do I ever believe that I will get out of this closet? Absolutely. But Absolutely. I know on the other side of life, there's another closet coming. And life is not just one closet. You know, life is not just one mask mm -hmm. or one glove that you hide from. You're going to find yourself in different scenarios all the time. The yeah. goal is to know how to think to get out of that. It's like a, a you're like a, an escape room, you know? Mm -hmm. You're constantly in an escape room in a closet. And you have to get the right tools. And sometimes the right tools are talking to people or listening to a podcast like this or finally being okay with how you think about yourself. And the reason I asked that question, Chris, is because I wanted to chime right in with you. I'm in the same space right now. Um, I don't know that a lot of listeners know this, but as I've been shifting and moving things around and trying to decide, yes, I used to go speak LGBTQ stuff, all that stuff, and I still do. It's just, it's not where I want my focus to be these days. So I'm kind of in a closet going, okay, just like Chris, where do I go? I know I have a message. I get to go, you know, speak this weekend at a really great entrepreneurial type conference. I guess that's how I would summarize that one uh, for people who are making amazing moves in different ways and social justice and taking care of the planet, all this sort of stuff. But I'm trying to land and I'm in that same space where I can get analysis paralysis really quickly about, okay, but oh, well, what if I went over here? What if I went over there? And what I've learned about being in closets, it's more about the when, when you decide to execute and take the risk. That's what's got to happen. You, you've got the what, you've got the how, you're, you're thinking through all of that stuff. The next thing you got to do is just say, this is when I'm doing it. And you may not be on that path forever. Okay, I'm going to be on my gay path forever because, hey, I just happen to be gay. There isn't much that's going to change that. Um, but I think sometimes we let these other closets hold us hostage simply because we won't say, this is when I'm going to do this. 100%. I agree with that fully. So, so bro, thank you for being here. This has been an awesome Absolutely. conversation. Loved it, loved it, loved it. We'll have connections to kind of follow Chris, see where he's at. I was going to say hook up with him. He is really tasty. I'm just going to say he's a <laughs> handsome guy. 
Um, but um, and he even he's tasty enough that he's even modeled. So I, you know, I'm letting my my true gay queen come out right now, girls. Um, but um, he's an amazing guy. I'm so glad that the universe brought us together because you I appreciate never it. Honestly, know. You've, been, you've been so helpful from a business perspective, but also just being a real person. And it's nice to connect with someone that understands the the mental struggles of mm -hmm. just being different in terms of how society treats you and society treats everyone differently all the time so it's it's a constant struggle and as long as we have the right resources like this we'll always get through all right bro well thanks again for being here i so appreciate it and i know so many people will get so much out of this conversation we had today hey hey, hey life uncloseted family another episode of life uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted, and never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.